Rachel, and welcome to my so-called mess. Hey, Eddie. Hey. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I thought you were going to ask me a question. I don't know what I was going to do. Uh, I think I was going to say something else at first, and then I stopped, and then I sounded like a question. Yeah, like, hey, Eddie, look over here. <laughs> hey, Eddie, did you see that? Yeah. What's up? Nothing. Nothing at all? I did the laundry. I have been, like, because all my stuff is packed, except for, like, five items. I've been doing laundry, like, every day for, like, two items, and it's really annoying. I mean, I, my stuff is still there, but I don't want to start unpacking suitcases and bags. So you're doing laundry for two items? Yeah, just about. Not so that, every day. So that it's all clean, just in case you have to... Just in case I just have to move quicker? No, because yeah. I don't... Because I packed most of my clothes. Uh-huh. And I just don't... And then I realized I have an event coming up. Not really an event. Um... I'm going to see a com- comic and a comedian in Atlanta right before I move. Mm-hmm. But I didn't leave anything out for that. So I'm going to have to unpack some stuff to find something to wear. But I'm trying to see if I can live in the same clothes, for, which I pretty much do, for three weeks. But when that's all you leave out, then you want everything else. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. You do? Not really. I I would... <sighs> I would probably just end up with a lot of dirty clothes. Like I would just go through them and be like, I'm not doing laundry till I get to Texas. Like starting Ex- now. Except like there's a pair of shorts I really like to work out in. Oh yeah, you gotta wash those. So like I can't work out for two hours and then just be like, oh, I'll just wear them again. They're not can that you crazy. introduce our guests so we can talk to her? <laughs> yes, I was, I was going to. Oh, okay. But I was giving it a minute. Oh, that was nice. You're welcome. I'm sorry for rushing you. You did rush me. Um, do you want to talk more about clothes? No, I don't. Because I was going to talk about workout clothes and how they get really stinky. Okay, like we can. stinkier but than I'll other clothes. I'll introduce our guests first. No, you don't have to. She can just sit there. <laughs> they do get really stinky, but I have the best detergent for it. I'll tell you in a minute. Because we do have a special guest. And we have Charlotte joining us today. We're sitting, all sitting here together, which is so nice to all be together also and do it in the same room which you'll hear more about doing things in rooms in a little bit. But we're going to be talking a little bit about... Well, I'm going to let her actually... Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, hello. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. And also, I'm really excited that you have finally introduced me because I really want to jump yes. on this clothing I conversation. Gonna, I, like, <laughs> I want to talk about workout clothes and how they're stanky. I was like, can I can I jump in now? Or do yeah, I need to wait no, until I'm I was, I was hoping for your <laughs> I opinion I'm really it. excited about it. Um, but yeah, hello. Um, my name is Charlotte and I'm here and I don't know, I'm really open to conversation. Um, really any questions. Um, I have a background in, as a sex worker and sex educator, um, very loosely, nothing too professional, but, um, worked in many establishments, um, was a traveling dominatrix for a while. Very cool. Yeah, um, very much in the process of finding myself. So I think it was, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, yeah, that's a cool intro. One of things to, sounds so mysterious. So, what do you think about stinky workout clothes? Stinky workout clothes. Oh, well, I must say, so I also folded clothes this morning before, um, dropping some kiddos off at school, and I call it my laundry boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I got that from a friend of mine. It's like when, your partner's like gone or whatever and it's just this pile of laundry that you just cannot fold and you just snuggle it and you sleep with it 
And finally, you're like, I have to break up with this laundry boyfriend. And you finally fold it up until the next one comes very shortly after. It just lives there for a long time. How often are you doing laundry? Oh, that might be too intimate. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'm sorry. I do it like probably like once a week. Oh, that's sick. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I like to wear a lot of the same clothes. You know? Yeah. And I do. And isn't it like I do wear a lot of the same clothes, but I like mm-hmm. seeing all my other clothes, not in bags or mm-hmm. boxes or whatever I folded them in, whatever I have packed away in. But I do have this laundry detergent, and I this is not a promo for that, but it's called BioClean, mm-hmm. the sports version, and it gets rid of stinky workout clothes smell. Mm-hmm. I like that laundry boyfriend thing, because my laundry boyfriends never leave. They stay, and it's really annoying, because I just want them gone. I want somebody to just come and pick them up and be like, take your boyfriend somewhere else, but no one does. And it's then, like you're then, talking to him about TV shows, <laughs> like, oh. I knew you'd say that, jeez. I'm just looking <laughs> at your apparently, pile of clothes. Apparently now I'm Polly because I have several, because then the next load, a new laundry boyfriend shows up. Yes, I, there was a point where I had two, one in each room for a long time. And then sometimes I'd go into that room and really like snuggle with that one. That one like holds the TV for me, my phone, my phone TV. And you just like hang out with that one. And then the other one is more like, oh, I feel sad. I'm just like, hang on this one. <laughs> And then your, like, human partner walks in. It's just like, what the fuck is what's, this? What's going on here? <laughs> Break it up, you three. That's funny. Okay, so I'm going to go back to this dominatrix thing first. Yes. How long were your dominatrix for? Um, On and off, I would say probably, like, three years. How does one become a traveling dominatrix? See, that's very interesting. Um, That opens up a whole thing, which we won't go totally into it, but... Um, I kind of just through travel, let's see, I was 18, I think when I started doing it, um, getting out of, I used to be very meek and very submissive and out of some toxic sexual relationships, doing the coming of age, like I'm so confused, I don't understand, like what is my purpose and especially like my relationship with myself and sex and it started out being a very scary thing. Um, And then just kind of finding myself and being more open and social and just kind of organically meeting people who were a little bit obscure, but really safe and kind and just kind of opened up the world for me. So I would say that I wasn't maybe the more traditional type of dominatrix. Um, Yeah, and just like having my own sessions, my own experiences as a submissive. And then um, really playing with role play, power play, and finding, oh, I also have a very dominant side. I can also take control in a sexual environment. And I found it to be a really healing experience. Um, And then so from that, I just kind of like rolled with it. And traveling, um, just, you know, just traveling for seasons around, very young, trying to find myself. And then again, just like becoming more of like a yes person and just meeting people, going to clubs, um, going to get togethers um, and just really wanting to have as much experience as possible and really just explore just human relationships. So were you like a Craigslist dominatrix or was there like an organization? You just decided (laughs) to do it yourself and then you, um, 
you kind of were an entrepreneur in that way? Um, so I wouldn't say that it was like my main gig. Um, it was, oh yeah, no, no, no. Um, like I worked other places and I would find clients, um, through, wow, (laughs) I would find clients, um, just like through parties and social gatherings primarily. I would go to some clubs, um, and just, again, you just kind of like catch that stare and you like hang out and you just naturally kind of talk about things and you're like, Oh, we actually very connected. And that's how I would find clients. So no Craigslisting, um, nothing like no promoting outwardly except for just like on point. So when you were traveling, you were traveling and being a dominatrix, not traveling as like, okay, I'm going to this city because I have 12 gigs coming up. Totally. Yes. Like my amount of clients, I would say like, hmm, maybe like 12 within those three years. Um, Some one-timers, others more frequent. Um, Yeah, it was just something, you know, I found it to be a more therapeutic setting and um, yes, we made quite a bit of money doing it. And then um, because you were traveling, did you have to, uh, the setup, like all the props and things that you might mm-hmm, want, mm-hmm. is that something you had to travel with or were there places that you could utilize that already had stuff for yeah, you? Yeah, um, I had um, this really lovely magic bag. <laughs> it's very large. And I would just carry that stuff with me and, you know, it was just there. I don't know, just like something you would like, having your house maybe if you were a little kinky you know your little supply but you know I was just like living in my car a lot and that's just where it was and you just like strike conversation um granted my style you know there were certain equipment pieces that I would you know never reuse with anyone else um but yeah I don't know just very explorative um the money factor was definitely not the first factor it just kind of led into when actually like one client very early on just like paid me and I didn't understand that whole dynamic and I was like oh this is something that could actually like facilitate and then trying to learn that dynamic of like your worth and your time and like monetizing it in a way so trying to figure out how to ask this question the right way how did you because you were and I believe like submissives are are often very actually very dominant people because Mm -hmm. you have to be yeah dominant to submit Mm -hmm. the right way you know Mm -hmm. But how did you start to learn all these things? Was it through with other people? Were you put, like... Yeah, um, with other people. Um, again, um, without going like too much into detail, but just, yeah, just um, meeting people and um, having... I would say I, I remember my first like kinky experience um, that kind of like played into a what was a pretty... Um, traumatizing experience but the roles were switched and having that I like found this power Um, and so I'm very thankful for those people that I'd met Um, but also that came from myself as well like having that strength to like outwardly like go out and meet people Um, but yeah so just like hopping around um, doing all that it just it just connected with me you know did you also do anything webcam at that point with no, I didn't. Um, I've done a couple of like guest things with some friends who were cameras. Um, just like kind of like playing around, doing a little tease here and there. Um, but that's that's pretty as far as that went. I like entertained the idea of getting into, it, but it was just the involvement of it. And I'm just not a screen person, and that's the hardship that I had was 
when I left doing Dom work and then tried to get back into it, the world of social media and internet had changed so much. Um, like I even like past having children, like got back into it and like Tinder, which that's a whole world, like found oh. clients through Tinder. And that was like really fun. But yeah, just like doing online sites and like creating profiles and I was just like, gosh, even though like I'm fairly young, but I still like everything was so raw and natural and organic of just like meeting people in establishments or just wherever and having those natural connections and conversations and being like, oh, we connect and we can actually do something with this. Social media world and the camera does, I'm sure, make things very different. I mean, I know like I have to be on for what I do, um, have to be on video and do all this stuff a lot and it's a lot it's just a lot of work it's exhausting time it's so hard and i had thought about doing a webcam kind of thing but yeah the thought of having one just to set up all the cameras and then Mm -hmm. be at people's whims you know yeah i can't it's hard to like it's a 24-hour job like i some of my cam friends like having dinner and they're just like oh uh, excuse me you know because that's their their money that's their finances that's their hustle And so when you're on there and I think a lot of people get into it thinking like, oh, I can make my own hours. I can do all this. And which is what like, like I was excited about at first and then getting to know more about it. And it's like, oh, no, you like have these crazy hours and just like what you're doing with your body, like emotionally, physically and just like having to be there. You know, it's just so much and. I and I like think that. like as part part the flip side of it is it can feel kind of safer at times because you're totally. not meeting anybody in person. Yes. However, I think there's like a false set of safety because mm-hmm. people can still find you. Mm-hmm. People can, or if you want to be anonymous, you never know who might find mm-hmm. your stuff out there online, especially mm-hmm. online because they can be broadcast anywhere or totally. something. So I think in that part, there is that false sense of like, well, I'm not meeting somebody, so I'm safe. I'm not meeting them in person, but that also becomes kind of the internet is a very scary place to me I find it so fascinating and beautiful and wonderful but it terrifies me like I feel safer meeting someone in person um rather than on the internet that's just me like you know having like at least conversations or building like relationships via like web um there's something about being in person so even like tindering you know I was just very much like this is what I'm doing this is like supplementing to what I'm looking for and then it's like oh hello there and they're like what's your favorite band i'm like what are you doing tonight let's just meet okay so yeah and i'm the complete opposite with yeah that. yeah no chit chat <laughs> one of my kids wanted a tv in her room and i was like oh that's crazy um you're gonna have to buy it yourself and she's like what about a cell phone and i was like dude cell phones are dangerous and then we were like talking about the dangers of having cell phones and now, like, she brought it up later, and she was like, oh, no, cell phones are dangerous. I don't want to get into that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, healthy fear of communication <laughs> with strangers. Yeah. Because strangers used to drive vans, and then they mm-hmm. wore trench coats, mm-hmm. and then they had candy in the trench mm-hmm. coats to get you in. But God, now it sounds strangers... like all my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's like, those are the type of <laughs> those people. Those are the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up, like, um, embracing strangers. <clears throat> But now no one just hands out candy to try and get you to fuck them. What's wrong? No, it's dick pics and like... Um, <laughs> that was candy. <laughs> yeah, that was... It was so much easier to fuck in a van. That sounds bad. Anyway, um, 
yeah it internet internet is weird it's so weird i also it's thought so amazing that, i thought also thought that a lot of cam people not all but a lot lived in the same house like they'll have cam houses set mm-hmm. up where it's just like a farm mm-hmm. and they'll reuse the rooms for different mm-hmm. uh, show slots and stuff yeah i always thought that was interesting it's like the um it's like the Walmart of cam stores or mm-hmm. something like that. Or like the... Yeah, it's the really, f- really cool. I've been in a few of them. And like, I even stayed in a dom house for a while where it was just like up in the city and little house and, you know, just like some doms and you would just like kind of share your room and your experiences. And it was pretty cool. And like, that was a, faci- a facilitated it- one where it's like it's themed overall, rooms. Overall, very cool. Or is it a little bit like a chicken coop? in like this factory way like mm, no not at all no no factory no factory they, no they're factory. doing that now with which they took from like you know seeing it in other places but like uh tiktok big tiktok yes. people and there's some of them are young there's a house in atlanta now where it's um <clears throat> it's all people of color and they're doing content for tiktok but and they all live in the same house and one of them is like 15 mm-hmm. which is like I don't think their parents are there. So I don't, that like baffles me a little bit, but like they do content all day, mm-hmm. I, I, which would in some ways be cool, but I also like my space. There's a Netflix show called Hype House. Yes, I watched that. Yeah. It like, it's kind of sad. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, like go out, live your life. Like, uh, it's yes. just, I don't know. It's just it's, so much pressure. It is, and it's like a totally fucking chaos life, because it has to look like they're doing a lot and experiencing mm-hmm. stuff, but they're all never leave that. they yeah. just vid-ing, videoing stuff. Yeah. And it's a job. It's like, it's that facade of like, oh, look at like my fun life and all my freedom. But it's like, no, you're a slave to your job. Yeah. Like, and creating content. Yeah, and if you do it successfully... Um, you have to do it a lot, like yep. more mm-hmm. than eight hours a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're just like ordering all of your food from DoorDash and all of your toilet paper from Amazon and you mm-hmm. never leave your house at mm-hmm. that point. No, you don't. Your friends are like the other fake influencer friends or you're not mm-hmm. really friends because you're competing with them and you don't talk to anybody else. And then you have all this money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the money part would be nice, but I won't want to What you got to do for that money. Yeah. I was like, eh. No, I'm good. Yeah, you have to give a lot of yourself. <clears throat> yeah. It's like art, though, right? All good artists are sacrificing a portion of who they are. But is TikTok an art? Is TikTok an art? That's a good question. Let's put it up on the board. <laughs> like we have a board here. <laughs> I don't know. It, some My mom sends me some that's just recipes. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds. Of, yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of work. I shouldn't. Like Latino moms making beans. I find that quite artistic there is a lot of stuff out there but i don't know but i wouldn't put them in the same realm as like a painter mm-hmm. mm. but maybe i'm just being well they're performers were you yeah. from the 1700s you know, i am from the 1700s <laughs> i found my way here painting is the, okay painting is the <laughs> highest form of art it's not a good thing of anything else no i i i know what you're talking about there is like artistic hierarchy yeah not, and it's not that it's not art or creative. It's just a different, like... Because it's someone, like, smashing cars or, like, doing stunts that look cool. But is that, like... It's creative, but is it art? Mm-hmm. And, like, but now is that art of our, of this generation? And I was like, that, that, is that what art is now? Anyway. Well, burlesque is an art, right? Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. beautiful. But that's pretty. 
hands I mean, down. Have, Nobody can that, argue. Not that art has to be pretty, but it's not like doing stunts mm-hmm. for like like coming seventeen times in an hour. I mean, <laughs> you know, like uh, the evil Knievel of cam cam people. Wow, that sounds nice. Yeah, but <laughs> but then there's Check that part too. Because I'm thinking about like the people that do like stupid stunts, but like. If you're choreographing like a sex scene, not choreograph, but if you're putting together something, you do have to think of camera angles and look at things. Mm-hmm. So there is an art form because that would be the same thing as filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, have you ever been watching porn and you're like, this is just so beautifully <laughs> shot. Like, how did they get, did yes. they, do they have a drone? How yes. did they get this angle? Yeah. Yes. And that's All the, the <laughs> I mean, you got to be in the mood for that though, right? Yeah, because I'm, well, sometimes I don't want to like... Wait, you could always go for like the Titanic of porn or like the Avatar of porn. I don't know. I watch a lot of porn. <laughs> I really do. When I'm just bored, I'm just like, meh, I wonder what the porn world is up to today. But, and every time you watch porn, do you want to think about the camera angles? Yeah. You do? Yes. But I also, um, like, I love filmmaking and mm. just like behind the scenes kind of stuff um so i'm always even anything that i watch via screen like i'm like ooh, i wonder like what the lighting is like or like what said segment they're in or like things like that, that. like look at the props of that and that took me i was a film theory undergrad uh-huh so i used to that's how i used to watch all films and mm-hmm. like every little piece of color that was in there and movement and you know what kind of cut it was and all that kind of shit and it took me years and years to be able to just, which I still like that stuff, but to just not watch just for that. Mm-hmm. To also enjoy the movie part of it. I really. think there is some charm to the amateur <laughs> cell phone set on the nightstand style porn. Yeah. Or, or like the one that's being held by a very shaky hand, but yeah. also porn. And there's Ugh. some charm to that. I don't like you it. You skip it, you just... I don't like that. Wow. <laughs> swipe, swipe right? I want like some more effort into it. At least nice. for me, you know, I so don't know. Not amateur porn. You like more like I do. Okay, so let me ask you about porn. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, or what do you think about the difference between like porn, porn, like Pornhub, everyday porn, like mm-hmm. and ethical porn? Hmm. Well, I I like the like Pornhub's my go-to. Um, you know, I know they got they got their issues. Who doesn't? But we're not sponsored. Yeah, so. that's that's fine. Perfect. So fuck porn. Yeah, (laughs) fuck them. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like all sorts, and I guess by ethical porn, what do you mean by that? So ethical porn, it's often more female focused porn. Mm -hmm. There's more, there's more consent along the way. Mm -hmm. There's check ins. It's Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like ten guys, unless that's what she wants. Ten guys, Mm -hmm. and you know, have pulled a train on someone. It's more. yeah, love it. Gosh, I wish I could remember. There was some, oh gosh, this thing I was watching of this, I think she was like from Brazil, but like woman director creating porn for those who wanted to be in porn. It was like those, the talent, their um, their storyline. And so they got to recreate their fantasies and it was very just like fe- feminine driven. Yes. Um, and I love that. And I wish I could remember her name. You have to try and look it up. But um, yeah, I love it all. Like I'm except for the like handheld stuff. Except for that, like I appreciate like the effort. I'm like, oh, mm. that's cute. You know, you're like breaking out of your mundane routines of life and your um, 
just like sexual experiences, like again, just the everyday, like you're trying something new. So I appreciate that. But just like as a um, audience, I'm just like, Uh, it just doesn't Uh. do much for me. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it all. Anything that is like consensual, of course, hands down, always. um, I'm for. I really am. So I, I like it all. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like right now I'm on like a hentai kick. Oh, nice. You know? I'm like yeah. really into it. I'm like humans are kind of boring hentai right the now. the first time and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm having sex with a monster. Never <sighs> thought about that. God, I love it. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's the same, but a lot of it's different. It is. It is. And like creating that too. Again, I'm just like, gosh, who, you know, maybe some like sick minds, quote unquote, but it's like to actually spend the time to make this animated film, I'm just like, oh, oh a lot of it is hand drawn too. Yeah, blows my mind. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like the people. You know, I like all that stuff. So okay, go back to sorry. No, 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 no. Go back to the <laughs> from a while back. So you had said you had several jobs mm-hmm. in the sex industry. Mm-hmm. What uh, besides? So it was Dominatrix your first kind of? I would say so. Yes, um, more job wise, like making money okay. I guess we'll say um yes but that was like really the gateway open into the sex world for me like I'd always like found myself to be kind of a weird obscure person um but yeah really diving into that and really just opened up this gate like I feel like my my third eye was open you know I'm just like oh this is like really great um and then so from there I started working in um like adult novelty shops so, like, the first shop, I was, I want to say I was 19 when I started working there. And they actually hired me. Um, I, they only accepted people 21 and up. But they were like, well, you know. And I was just so education-based at that point. It's like, sure, I'm having these experiences and finding a lot about myself and, like, just relationships and um, people, like, human interaction. But it's like, I want to learn more about this. So, I worked in some shops and learning about toys learning more about self-intimacy, you know, just your average Joe walking down the road and then to the more in the kink world. Um, So just like all that opposite. Um, So I did that for a while. Um, Funny talking about porn. I kind of shared with Eddie this little story and he was like, oh, come on this podcast and share the story. I was like, oh, well, that's like very lackluster compared. But I did one Craigslist ad, did like a fluffing little job um which a fluff job right a that's fluff what they call them. job yeah and they don't really do those anymore so i was kind of surprised but yeah craigslist ad how long did you there. do that for oh it was just like a one-time thing it was just one time yeah i was just like on craigslist i was like hmm i wonder what kind of like weird things i could get into on the craigslist and just like found this thing i was living in florida of all places and i think that's why we were talking about it yeah it was really fun and went down and did my thing and went got down. 80 dollars in cash oh yeah it was so what, <laughs> what was the experience like on set was it uh, how was the production there did they have a boom guy i was very poor it was very amateur it was mm-hmm. cute though like well at that time, I was just like, oh, this is kind of weird. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's cute. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, like there was a director, there were the actors, and they had like a whole crew. And I just like filled in to be like in just side help ultimately was like the whole advertisement for it. <clears throat> and then I got in and I was just like, really anything that you need help with? And um, the male 
actor was like, yeah, I don't know. And they were like, oh, well, you know, you could like help him or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So you know, it was just like him trying to concentrate and me, I don't know, doing some little things and trying to help out a little bit. It was like that sounds great. kind of fun. Was it fun? I, I had a fine time. It was, um, I don't know, also very, uh, I take it like professionally in a lot of ways. Um, same thing with like Dom work. It is like a lot of acting, like you are putting on a performance. And so it's like, even before sessions, you know, it's like, you kind of like hype yourself and do this like whole thing. Like, okay, this is me in my everyday life, but this is me servicing and being portraying this character. That is a piece of me, but like, let's really unlock that mold within myself and like, let's play it. So even doing that fluff job, you know, it's just like, Oh, like this is why I'm here. This is the intent behind it. And, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And it's just like a human body to me, you know, and it was, everyone was very nice and it feels scared. I didn't feel like threatened or pressured in any way. And I was just at a time in my life where I was just so open to just what the fuck ever. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's human body. It's penis, whatever. It's okay. Seems like that would be a union <laughs> job though, right? Like that you were the uh, fluffing, the fluffer, the fluffers union. Fluffer union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh, curse you. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't really do 80s are pretty fluffing good. anymore. That's why I was like surprised. I was like, oh, okay. I'm what, surprised that this is going to happen. What right information now. do you have that they don't do fluffing anymore? The internet. <laughs> the internet says <laughs> the that? Internet. Yeah. Oh, it's, my God. It's just like less common. Like, hey, Siri, do fluffers, they do fluffing anymore? <laughs> do, do it. Ask her. Um, yeah. Fluffing, it's more of like uh, the makeup team. You know, it's like they're there to like help assist with lighting, makeup, whatever. But it's just there's, you know, supplements out there now. And oh, right. Yeah. Like that. You know, That's you what I was figuring that they use tech. more supplements. Yeah, you don't really need people to give you handies on the side to like keep you going. When, when, did, when did Viagra come out? Like 96, right? Clinton was president or something. Was he? I don't know. I don't know. That's when the fluffer's career was like, oh, I better look, I better look into something else. <laughs> They're gonna start they all became accountants. But I something. wonder, too, like the porn stars might miss it, too, because, yes, there's pills, but like they're getting a hand job before they have to get to work. Like, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It must be like um, bands that only play with analog amplifiers. They're like, no, no, no. I'm doing this all natural fluffers only. Mm-hmm. We're going to film this one like they filmed it back in the, the 80s. 70s maybe. I was gonna say uh, I, yeah. like when I think of fluffing as an as a job I think of, I definitely go back to the 70s in my head mm-hmm. yeah but I saw it but it seems like it a, I mean that'd be a cool like period piece to write oh the life that would of a be. fluffer or Ooh. that would be a really cool story Ooh, you would like that I would think you would need to get a lot of I'm rubbing my hand as I'm talking about it because my hand started hurting all of a sudden <laughs> My hand cramped. Um, if you're, if you're, if you were like top of your fluffing game and like doing a lot of it, that you would need to get hand massages often. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. You know, right? Because you can get like carpal tunnel or something. I mm-hmm. imagine so. Yeah. If you're like your top fluffer, America's next top fluffer, <laughs> and they're just like, oh man, nobody fluffs better than this person. Right? Like you get called. You get. Oh. I want to watch this. It's like, um, it's like that Mark Wahlberg movie, right? Where. Where he's like, um, he's a porn star. It's a very common movie. We should all know the title of it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he shows his penis in it. Damn. 
yes. Boogie Nights? Yes. Boogie Nights. It's like Boogie Nights, but it's about this fluffer. That would be... And you, and you're, I can't believe I didn't know Boogie Nights. It's like being a hand model. Because yeah. you don't like think Like hand models get flown all over and they're top hand mm-hmm. models. Mm-hmm. And they have to protect their hands and wear gloves and be real careful. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like that kind of lifestyle. They mm-hmm. have like the special carpal tunnel gloves mm-hmm. that they wear until it's time. And then they take them off and everyone's like, oh shit, here it comes. Yep. It all gets quiet on the set as the glove comes off. Sometimes when <laughs> when they take the gloves off, then the actor gets hard already just by seeing it. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> the job is done. And That's they all they got to do. They put the glove back <laughs> on. They take off the glove. Someone in the back is making like a pumping noise for lotion. And yeah. those two things together. And then actor's it's hard. like, oh, no. Let's That's go. That's how good Action. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think there's like foot fetishes you know it's like maybe there's a hand you know it's just someone some people just see feet and they're like oh i'm turned on we've talked extensively about fetishes and sometimes we'll just have conversations about like doors turning people on like there's (laughs) got to be every fetish out there has to be has to have a community because of Mm -hmm. the lovely internet right Mm -hmm. yep they can connect on like yeah like fat world fat life fat Fat life fat life Mm -hmm. yep that's a fun one <laughs> oh, I want it to be the whole world. Barely. <laughs> Fet Life is a funny name. It sounds like it should be an insurance company. I think that's oh, what it's based <laughs> on. Like, isn't MetLife an insurance company? Oh, MetLife, and then there's Fidelity or something. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> Fidelity insurance. Okay, so Dom, se- Sex Shop. Mm hmm. Fluffing, and then you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Did you, was that, was that like, was you like a one time fluff, and you were like, you know what? Yeah. Oh uh, no, I don't know. It's it's just such a again like very unconventional. I feel like the people again. It's like I don't like to be in a box, and I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, if you do this work or you do this, this is how you do it. And this is where you do it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you just kind of go through your own journey and your own process. Um, but yeah, it's like um, worked in some shops, um, let's see, Dom stuff, did some education, did some like class courses, um, primarily with like sex toy knowledge, um, how to take care of them and uh, working a lot with the more quote unquote male um clientele and like toys for them Mm. um because i feel like especially in like the toy world it is more like feminine driven um or again quote unquote women um and it's like no there's so much out there for everyone um you know queer communities even like cis whatever you know it's just they're all out there so i liked having um classes doing that and i've done a handful of those um performance art um still active in that um few and far between at this point but like erotic oh hi kiki (laughs) erotic uh performance art um very obscure avant-garde but um challenging i suppose um i like audience participations with those so i would consider that you know it's very sexualized um so there's that and then just my plethora of casual dating experiences you're talking about like (laughs) like the movie cat or not the movie the play cats at the end you just go in and fuck the audience (laughs) 
I've never seen Cats. Really? I've seen parts think... of it and I was like, this is garbage. Well, yeah, I've never seen it either. <laughs> I I've never seen Cats either. I, I was like, to... does that happen at the end? Maybe I have to watch it now. You, I don't know. Somebody's described it to you, right? Like, that's, I feel like no, that's what I... the cats go out in the, sta- in the audience? Yeah. It's the best part of Cats. And they just start, like, dry humping audience members? They They do what that <laughs> cat just did. They meow at you? Yeah, and then they, like go up to you like they're going to get petted Mm-mm. and then they walk away because that's how cats are. Oh. No. No, I don't I don't really do that. I don't like costumes. <laughs> well, cons- I mean I not mean. costumes. I don't like full face like mask things. No. Like oh, I love that. Like like mascots. Oh. Ooh, that's oh. fun. What you about like eyes wide shut with just the um That's okay cuz you can feathery mask. That's fine cuz you can it's not like it's not, mascots go back to clown face for me and all that's like just too much and that's fun i went to a furry party one time that was really fun and i (laughs) and i'm not trying to like everybody have their thing but yeah that's something i want to the um there's still things a lot of things i want to do that i haven't done yet Uh but yeah that's not on my sex bucket list i hate to call Mm -hmm. things bucket list too i've realized that and i have to say it often and i hate Mm -hmm. the the term bucket list sex bucket list sounds fun sex my sex bucket it's in my sex bucket yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah furries no Mm -hmm. oh so unfortunate wait you're not we're not kink shaming though no 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 no, no, no. i'm afraid of it i'm not afraid of that community i'm afraid of things in costumes Mm -hmm. Mm. That's a kink for some people, too. Being afraid of something. Yes, I think maybe I could. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe I secretly have a room full of furries waiting for me at home. Oh, gosh. No. No. You're like, please, God. <laughs> I thought of that. I was like, please, no one hear me and show up at my house. Uh, no. <laughs> Don't even joke. <laughs> that would not. Be. And is, so is sex education in that world something you still want to continue with? Absolutely. I definitely feel like it's a passion of mine. Um, You know, it was, yeah, it was definitely like a a lifestyle for me for a long time. Just everything was very much relationship and sex oriented, like everything. Um, And when I was in college, like studied sociology. So I just like have this natural instinct where I'm like, why are we like this? And just, I'm just a people person. I love human interaction. Um, Even like the awkward, uncomfortable moments, like I really enjoy those as long as no one's like being harmed of course into a way but um yeah I'm just like really fascinated by it and I would love to continue um sex education I actually just recently got out of um like last year I tried to get back into sex work um wasn't as successful try to get into more of the sugar baby industry Mm -hmm. um which for me being I feel like age I'm at I'm a mother now. And with that one, I didn't carry like a persona of my inner self. I was like, oh, I'm going to be this more surfaced version of me. And um, it's really funny. People didn't really bite on that. They're like, oh, you don't you don't need me. Like, I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, (laughs) I just want to like have experiences with you. But it's like, I feel like I'm like too old. Like, too independent, too established. I'm a parent, you know. I'm sad that I I missed the sugar baby world. Yeah, it's... It's it's never too late. It's never too late. Technically, it's never too late. There's plenty of fish in the sea, and people are really into whatever. But it's like, in that world specifically, it's like, you have to hunt for that person. I want like a reverse sugar baby thing. This is another movie. And it's like an older woman 
with a younger like tech guy who like needs needs the companionship and it's like they're out there she thought she was too old for sugar babying Mm -hmm. but then she does that yeah they're out there not as interested in that movie huh no no you like the fluffer America's Next Top yeah. Fluffer? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Because I feel like that one was like, oh god, that one. Oh, that might have been me. Too. I don't know. Sometimes I was like, just. Gonna oh no, that was me. I think I. Oh, okay. I feel like that one is like happening, so it's not as like. Oh, it's you too, know what I mean. It's too, too like, mundane. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's never too late. As I says. Yeah. It really isn't. It really isn't. Maybe when I move, that's what I'll start my... But I wanted to really start... So years ago, I wanted to do a... Also teach yoga. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start a company called Down Dog Yoga. Mm -hmm. But it was going to be like yoga and escorting. Mm -hmm. Because I really wanted... I had... Since I was little, really little, like way too little... I shouldn't have been reading these books when I was like in third grade, but I was reading like Mafia Princess books and Mm -hmm. the Hollywood Madam books. All that kind of thing. And I really wanted to be either an es- a high-priced escort. I wanted a fur and heels mm-hmm. in third grade. That was one thing I wanted about it. But I really wanted to be an, um, a madam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I My youngest time. daughter, her chosen profession is the queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's going to be hard. Because I think you have to marry into it, right? If you're not born noble... Never mind. Yeah, it's I don't know. I'll, progressive I'll age. It. She can. She'll be the first. Yeah. Yeah. She can just call herself the queen. Just start be doing queenly things. Yeah. 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 You should. There's. There's a lot of queenly things that I think she thinks queens do, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I can still maybe. So escorting. I mean, being a madam is still on the table. Right. I think it'd be fun to have a house. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in the house. Yeah, you'd be like more like a manager. You yeah. know, I, I feel like the old timey like definition of a madame is like eh, maybe not the best, but you know, someone who's like, I will help manage you. I will make sure that you're good. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think will you give could you do some that. coaching. We will talk about. Yeah, tech. we will talk about that. We'll talk about your boundaries. We will talk about mm-hmm. your trauma. Facilitate safe spaces. Yeah. I'm not going to be like Heidi Fleiss. I yeah. love Heidi Fleiss, though. I do have. You'd have to bring in like a whole group of new employees and be like, "Ah, you know, I hear that the blowjobs aren't as good as they could be. (laughs) So you guys are going to have to do some trainings. So I'm going to start my, so here's my blowjob class. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't really heard of it because they, you know, there's ranches out there. Yeah. Still, you know, just very, very few. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm for it. I'm for the sex workers. Definitely. And I see we don't have too much more time left, but, you know, it's just in general, um, I think people have this perceived notion of like how that is. They get it from movies, you know, or maybe some uneducated person who has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Just like being like, oh, this is how it's like, you know, and um, definitely had some conversations with some dear friends, very close people who I would never imagine are horophobic. And it's just like, wow, okay, you know, and just kind of talk about it. It's like, They'll tell me why, you know, and tell me, and they're like, this is how it is. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like this whole like 
vision. It's not like that. And sure, some people, surely, maybe, yeah, of course. But it's well, like it doesn't have to. to... Like, a whore killed my brother. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's doesn't have fun. to be like that. Like in my experiences, truly, it was like none of it was ever like this is my job. This is how I make my living. You know, it's like the money was like really nice and like again like knowing that worth. But it's just like no, a lot of sex workers that I know, which I have a lot of friends who are. And it is just this experience, this whole journey of like life existence and having those relationships. And if you are just someone who has like, let's say like for me, I have more of like a mommy nurturing state, even like past my like little sadistic moments. It is like this, we're creating like a therapeutic setting. And when you're having this need and desire and just that aftermath and then that care and that nurture. And it's just a lot of people don't get that in such a like raw way. Um I don't know. That's that's why I'm really into it. And I love that. And at least like all my sex worker friends are very much people like that, where they just genuinely really care about people. And with something that is so sensitive and you're maybe like deprived of and you're able to like facilitate that for someone, I think is like really special. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for joining us. We, I would love to talk more about this at another point in time. Um, Eddie, any last words? Oh, no, thanks for coming. I hope it was um, not weird. Not at all. That was fun. <laughs> and um, so for y'all all out there, thank you to Charlotte. Always thank you to Eddie. Check out Fig Life Coaching. Um, also for if you have dating questions, sex questions, whatever. And that's it. Peace out, motherfuckers. Peace.